Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensa Wood. Uh, let's welcome everyone here in our online audience as well as our television audience. And thank God for how far he has brought us. And the same God who has seen you through all throughout this year will see you through another year if Jesus doesn't come. Amen. Today is the last day of the year and also the last Sunday of the year. And it's a privilege to be in God's house. It's a privilege to be alive. And God has been so good to us. And I know that if Jesus tarries, you will see another last Sunday of the next year. Amen. I said you will see another last Sunday of the next year. My Lord and my God. Because we serve a good, 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 good God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I'm excited for what God is about to do in the following year. And I'm excited for what he has done this year. Wow, what a year it has been. My God, thank you, Lord Jesus. God is so good. And this morning, let's get into our Bible lesson. But even before we do, make plans to join us later on today um, as we gather and finish one year with God and start another year with God. Amen. There's always something about giving God the first. The first of your day, the first of your time, the first of your money, the first of your life, everything. So we are finishing one year with God and entering another year with him. And as you do that, the next year will be the best year of your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to the name of the Lord. All right, let's get into our Bible lesson today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm excited about God's word. It's always a privilege to be able to share the word of God. This is what I live for. <laughs> so one time somebody told me that... Um, <laughs> uh, you can preach, you can preach, you, you know, I mean, you can preach. And I said, he said, sometimes if you, I can imagine you preach to yourself all the time. And I said, he's right. Sometimes I'm in the shower, I'm preaching to myself. Amen. <laughs> this is what I was born for. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, let's get into the Bible, our Bible lesson this morning. You see, so many times, uh, especially this time of the year, it's a time to pause and to reflect on what God and it's easy to look at sometimes what has not happened, but it's also a good opportunity to focus on what has happened. You see, when the children of Israel left Egypt, they, um, God had a plan and a purpose. And you see, sometimes we ask ourselves, uh, uh, sometimes during different seasons of life, we ask ourselves, why am I in this season of my life? What's going on? But you see, there's a reason and a purpose that for every season, there's a, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, that there is a time for everything. There is a time for everything. Let's read that. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. 
a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. <laughs> Those people used to fight with stones. <laughs> so, so it's a time to, to, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war of war and a time of peace. There is a time for everything. And God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And when the children of Israel left Egypt, uh, there was a shorter route. But God had a plan and a purpose and he knew what he was doing. Let's read Exodus chapter 13 verse 17. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Exodus chapter 13 verse 17. It says, then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines. Although that was near, for God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. So here he's saying that there, is, there was a shorter route to get to the promised land. But God said, no, no, no. I know these people. Uh, when they see war, they will want to return to Egypt. So if you, if you are with the children of Israel and you know the route, you will ask yourself that why is God taking these people on the longer route? There is a reason. <laughs> and there is a reason sometimes the season, this is where Thanksgiving comes in, we'll, we'll get to that. But you see, sometimes the seasons of life, there is a reason for that. And you see that these people, as they journeyed along, not everybody who started with them ended up in the promised land. And again, there was a reason. Now, you see, for instance, look at what the Bible says. You see, darkness comes before light. Even in the beginning when God created the earth, darkness was upon the face of the earth, but eventually light came. And I don't know the dark season that you may be in. I can assure you by the word of the living God that light will come. Light will come. God knows what he's doing. Notice what the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. It says, here he gives us a little bit more on why they were led that way. He says, and you shall remember... Deuteronomy 8 verse 2, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you to know what was in your heart, whether you will keep his commandment or not. 
So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna which you did not know. Nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Thank you, Lord. He says, remember that God led you and I pray today we remember how God has led us. I remember how God has led me. I'm so grateful and thankful uh, to, to be alive because I've faced death multiple times. <laughs> but thank God I'm still here. Amen. And I'll still be here Amen. to fulfill what God has planned and purposed. <laughs> he says, remember. <laughs> I remember one time I was in Alaska uh, um, and we were driving, and I had a driver. And as we were driving in the, in, I think, the middle part of Alaska, it began to snow. It was like September, October. Heavy snow. And we ran into it. And this person that was driving me was from California. <laughs> he doesn't know how to drive in snow. And there was a river on our left. It was iced up. And as this person was driving, he veered off. And the next place we'll have landed will have been that river. But some way, somehow, the car came back on the right road. He skidded, and we we're about to land in the thing. I know angels were with me that time. I said, Philip. I like you, but please get down. At least I'm from Colorado. I know how to drive in this snow. <laughs> and I'm not about to perish in rural Alaska. <laughs> no, 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 no. Get down. I'll drive this car. <laughs> and I drove all the way safely to our destination. <laughs> he says, remember how he led you. Remember how he delivered you. Remember how he translated you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. Remember the difficult times. How he came through. Remember. Because we human beings, it's very easy for us to forget. Remember. That the Lord your God led you all this way 40 years. Remember, he said there was a shorter route, but he led them into the wilderness for a reason. What is the reason? To humble you. Humility. <laughs> Humility. Humility. <laughs> because, again, naturally, uh, when things are going right, there is a tendency to forget God. To humble you. Notice what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 Verse 14, he says, in the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity, consider, surely God has appointed the one as well as the other. So that man can find out nothing that will come after him. In prosperity, be joyful. In the day of adversity, consider. 
He has appointed the one as well as the other. These cycles have a way of coming. To humble you and to test what was in your heart. And so many times when we go through this t- test, uh, not many people pass. I mean, you can see that right here. That the majority of the people that left Egypt, when they were tested, did not make their cuts. You will make the cut in Jesus' name. To humble you and to check what is in your heart. Because ultimately it comes down to the heart. The Bible says that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Ultimately, what's in your heart? To check, to humble you. Whether you will keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, verse 3, allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth, proceed from the mouth of the Lord. One of the greatest qualities you can have in life is to get to the place where no matter the season of life, you still remember God. You still keep your eyes on God. That's where Paul got to. You notice that in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He says, Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. He says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. Contentment. I know how to be abased and how I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to serve a need. So he's saying that the external does not make a difference to me. <laughs> You've gone very far. In another place, it says, Godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world and will not live with anything. So he said, when these people were tested, God allowed them to hunger, but he provided for them because here, later on, he says that, my God, everything that he needed was supplied. So he's saying that I know how to be consistent no matter what is going on. (laughs) Because eventually, sooner or later, I know that my God will come through. (laughs) Because so many times in this season of being in the wilderness, going through the wilderness, God will still provide, but it's easy to forget. So easy to forget. Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry, had to go through the same thing. And none of us, we are not exempt from it. Notice what the Bible says in Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 1 says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. 
the same wilderness here again. You mean Jesus, the son of God. You mean Jesus, God made manifest in the flesh. The spirit. Notice he says that the Bible says that he was filled with the Holy Spirit and the same spirit led him into the wilderness. The same Holy Spirit led him there. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, he, when he had ended, he was hungry. The same Holy Spirit led him there. Jesus. Anybody higher than Jesus? No, 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 no. So Paul forget it. He said, I have learned, no matter what the season is, because he said he led them dead, allowed them to hunger, to test them, to check what's in their hearts. And so many people did not make it. Jesus being led into the wilderness, the wilderness is a dry place. He was tempted 40 days. Thank God he passed the test that Adam failed. And in the name of Jesus, you are a child of the Most High God. No matter the test, no matter the trial, you will also pass the test. <laughs> There's a purpose and a reason sometimes. But you see, let's look at the attitude of these people when they went into the wilderness. As soon as they went there, they started raining. We had garlic. We had melon. We had these things in Egypt. And here we are in the wilderness. And all we eat is this manna. Nothing is good enough. <laughs> but you see, in our Christian walk, it can be a very dangerous thing. Sometimes people get stuck or don't make it out of that place. For that same reason, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, notice this, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10. He says, nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Notice that, it doesn't say that God destroyed them. They complained and they were destroyed by the destroyer. God is not the destroyer. Verse 11 says, now all these things, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11, now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So they are examples for us. These were the same people that were in Egypt, and they were crying, God, please, God, please, this is too much. They were groaning because of their taskmasters. Because it was too much. And those, those same people, when they left, now they are saying, we want to go back. Egypt was better. <laughs> Sometimes people say, oh, I was a Christian. I was having it. Uh, before I became a Christian, things were going well. And, and, and then uh, after I became a Christian, now look at what's happening. If you think God is bad, and he's not, the devil is badder, if there's a term like that. <laughs> it says, don't complain. 
like these people and were destroyed by the destroyer. No matter what is going on, you can always look up to God. You can always be thankful. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And we know that after that wilderness, peace, God has a good destination for each and every one of us. Peace and joy belongs to us. But you see, the people that will make it out of that place are people who say, oh my God, I've learned. I've learned. I've learned. They have an option to, to complain about the wilderness or they can they have the option to thank God for the manna. <laughs> it's, it's a different, it's how you, how, it's how you look at it. <laughs> you, can, you can say, oh, this wilderness is a, is, is, a, is, a, is a very dry place. There is nothing. Or you can say, thank God. You see, God was so merciful that during the day he will bring the cloud. <laughs> to keep them. At night, when it got colder, when he will bring the fire to keep them warm. So you, you can, look, can look at it this way and say, oh, thank you for the cloud. Thank you for the fire. Thank you for the manna and food to eat. Or you can say, like they did, this manna every day. Every day, every day manna. Why? <laughs> Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. But you see, God has a plan, and he's leading them to a land flowing with milk and honey, but they refuse to see where God is taking them, and all they can see is the wilderness. Thank God, Jesus passed the test. He didn't complain in the wilderness, being tempted by the devil. And the devil tempted him. That, and he quoted that verse, you see. <laughs> Man shall not live by bread alone. So he learned his lesson. The lesson that the children of Israel did not learn. When he was tempted by the enemy, he said, look. Luke 4.4, 4, but Jesus answered him saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. If you can learn this lesson that you do not live by bread alone, then no matter the time, the season of life, no matter the wilderness, you be like Paul. He said, I have learned. My life and my sustenance depends on the word of the most high God. And the most high God never changes. You can be like the psalmist. That said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, my Lord and my rod and your staff. They comfort me. So the valley of the shadow of death doesn't mean anything. The wilderness doesn't mean anything. Because the God in the valley is bigger than anything else in the valley. I've learned. Man shall not live by bread alone, 
but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> if, if, if you have God, it doesn't make a difference. Because God will always come through. I was thinking about Jacob this week. He left Egypt. He left his father's house with nothing. Then when he got to Laban's house, Laban kept changing his wages ten times. And he said, if he hadn't been for God, I would have had nothing. The man was so deceptive, he took away all the, the, the spotted and speckled um, sheep. And he said, look, now, you don't, you don't, now any speckled and speckled sheep is yours. But as I was thinking about it, the man was left with nothing, but the man with the blessing emerged. <laughs> and Laban was surprised. In the mighty name of Jesus, as you keep your eyes upon God, as you learn this lesson, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. May you survive the seasons of life. That's what causes you to be grateful. It, it will flow naturally. <laughs> Man shall not live by bread alone. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, where we are surrounded by enemies, it does not make a difference. Your rod and your staff, it will comfort me. Lord, I know you are leading me. That promised land is my destination. You have a good plan. You have a good purpose. And I will stick with you no matter what. <laughs> I will be thankful. For his goodness and his mercy. If you have made it this far, you are going to make it. God is going to be with you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God will never leave you nor forsake you. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. <laughs> there is a purpose of God. Our faith becomes stronger as we wait on God. Notice Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. Verse 31, he says, And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians and believed, and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. They saw the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed. The Lord and his servant. The people feared the Lord. Huh. You see, what will God find in your heart when he tests you? He's testing your heart. Are you going to leave him? Are you going to lax? Going to keep pressing on? 
Thank God he is with us. Faith gets stronger. You see those people in, uh, in the Olympics. One time we went to the Olympic um, training center here. And they took us through the process that those people go through before they, 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 they get out there. It's, 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 not a, it's not a small thing. They showed us some of the equipment and the strict discipline that they go through. All for a price from the natural standpoint. One time there was an Austra Australian in the 2002 Winter Olympics, a runner. And while they were running this race, somebody made a mistake and all the other runners crashed. You see, the person that gets the prize is the one that crosses the finish line. And he, he, kept, he was behind, but he kept running. He kept running. He kept running. And when all those people ended up in the pile, <laughs> because he, was, he kept running and had not given up at some point, he came to pass all of them and ended up winning the race. <laughs> and they reviewed it. And when they reviewed it, they called it out. Yeah, he won the race. <laughs> and the Australian government honored him. I pray in the name of Jesus, may you make it across the finish line. May you make it across the finish line. Because life is a race. And thank God, he's with us all the time. Notice the apostle Paul, he says, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. You see, we keep reading these things because he made it. And you're also going to make it. He says, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Are you in despair even on this last day of the year? Listen to this great man. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. <laughs> uh, it reminds me of sometimes in boxing. There's somebody who keep knocking the person. I don't know why people do boxing, but <laughs> allow themselves to, to, go, to go through that. But, so, but they do. But sometimes you see somebody is knocked down. Then he gathers strength from the inside. It seems like he's losing. Then he goes, he gathers his last strength and delivers a knockout punch to the opponent. And that person goes down and never comes back again. And they call it boom, 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 game over. <laughs> that's, that, that's the idea. That's what he's saying here. We are cast down, but not destroyed. We are not out yet. So long as God is alive, we are still in the race. You are still in the race. You are cast down but not destroyed. Thank God I am still here. Thank God there were certain things I wanted to see this year that I may not have seen. But thank God I am still here and the next year will be better. Cast down but not destroyed. <laughs> Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Verse 10. That the life of Jesus also may be made manifest in our body. 
You are not forsaken. You are not forsaken. God is saying to you, you are not forsaken. So instead of going around, memorizing and complaining, let's have a heart of thanksgiving. I mean, if you complain about the road, you can't do anything about it anyway. <laughs> so just keep riding along the road. Thank God for Jesus. Cast down, but not destroy. Keep moving. Troubled on every side. Yet not destroy. Not forsaken. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Perplexed, but not in despair. So long as you are alive, there is hope. You just have to make some adjustments sometimes. But as you do, you will see the hand of God in our lives. Finally, to get a new life, to begin a new life, we must invite Jesus into our lives. Every area of our lives. Every area of our lives. We must let Jesus take over. See, like again, Jesus, like in the, in the wilderness, he's, he's preaching. He's having, a, he's, he's having a camp meeting, like we will say now. The multitude are there for six days, for three days, preaching to them, not going anywhere. <laughs> if you, you, you see, when, when, the word of God is so good. You can be in his presence for a long time, feeding on his word. But why they were there, that same wilderness, the Bible says in John chapter 6, verse 5, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great multitude, John 6, 5. You see, knowing what to do makes all the difference. Seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, when shall we buy bread? Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? You ask him a simple question. I don't want to send these people home hungry. I've been feeding them spiritually. Now I want to feed them also physically. But this he said to test him. <laughs> For he himself knew what he would do. God would test each and every one of us. You've been sitting in, 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 in and listening to the lessons. He said to test him. Remember, he led them through the wilderness to test them. You've been keeping up with the lessons. <laughs> but the Bible says, he himself knew what he would do. He himself knew what he would do. God knows what he's going to do. He's asking you, when God asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. <laughs> he, he knows the answer. He's asking you for a reason. It's a test. He himself knew what he would do. 
he himself knew what he would do. What is it that he needed? We knew what to do. Let's refer that. Verse 7, John 6, 7. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter, said to him, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Jesus asked where he has his mind on how are we going to do that. Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. Remember, Jesus knew what he would do. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragment that remains so that nothing is lost. There they gathered, there they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five belly loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Philip is like, I mean, there's this little boy here with this, but what is it among so many? That's how normally we process stuff. We look at what we don't have. Jesus is the other way around. He looks at what he has. And when he took it, he didn't do like how normally we would, we would do. Like how the children would be like, what is this manna? <laughs> what is this husband? What is this wife? What is this children? What is this job? What is this guy? What is this? What is this? What is this? And on and on and on and on. He flips it around. When he took it, he knew what he was going to do. And that's what makes a difference. Knowledge of what to do will put you in command in any circumstance. It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> he himself knew what he would do. When he had given thanks, he distributed. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Little becomes much when you begin to thank. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Thank you for my life. Thank you that you kept me doing this accident. Thank you you kept me on the road. Thank you I have a warm place to sleep. Thank you today I didn't go to bed hungry. Thank you even if you went to bed hungry you are still alive. Thank you, Lord. Tomorrow will be better than today. <laughs> he himself knew what he would do. He had passed the test already in the wilderness. <laughs> this is, this is no problem. No problem. Because he knew. Jesus must have known Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 19. You must have known that. You think Jesus knew or didn't know? 
he, he was a rabbi. He knew those Old Testament. He knew the Old Testament. He himself knew what he would do. Then out of them, Jeremiah 30 verse 19, out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of those who make merry. Out of them, notice verse, will proceed thanksgiving and the voice of those who make merry. I will multiply them and they shall not diminish. I will also glorify them and they shall not be small. As soon as he gave thanks, he distributed. He knew what, what he was doing. Out of them will proceed thanksgiving. Philip is saying, this is small. He said, no, 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 no problem. <laughs> the other trans the other, in the other account, he says he blessed it. When he blesses it, it's going to multiply. When he gives thanks, it's going to multiply. Now he said, where is the bread coming from? Ah, he's, <laughs> he's coming from somewhere. From his father. Man shall not live by bread alone. That you think that God who provided manna for these people. And the Bible says that as they walked through the wilderness, he kept them. It, the verse we started earlier with, Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 4, your garment did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. And in another place, it says that not one of them was feeble. There was no one feeble. So he kept them health-wise, physically, all throughout these 40 years. And Jesus here is feeding these people multitudes through thanksgiving. Do you think this God can take care of you? <laughs> this is not his birthday on the job. Clothes. You wear the same thing for 40 years and it doesn't wear out. And your foot did not swell these 40 years. Thank God. Sometimes we limit, we limit him. May you not limit God in your life. He gave thanks and fed those people and there was left over. And here you are having sleepless night over the upcoming rent or mortgage or whatever it is. Or car payment. Sweating it out. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, as you begin to give God thanks, as you begin to praise him, as you begin to honor him, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. May he come through for you. They are pressed. Ah. But you are not out yet. I pray as you go through the test, as you go through the trial, in the name of Jesus, may you come out all right. May you come out all right. The testing, the trial is for a reason. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So James, I call him Dr. James. In James chapter 1 verse 2, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Testing, 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 testing. Of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect 
and complete, lacking nothing. That's the goal. Lacking nothing. That's the promised land where you lack nothing. Where you have the best. That's the destination. But to get there, lack nothing. There's a test of your faith. Produces patience. Or another word is endurance. The Greek, that Greek word, when you go underneath that word, it means staying power. Hanging in there, power. And when it's all said and done, in the name of Jesus, I see you lacking nothing. I see you lacking nothing. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to the name of the Lord. We are on a journey. And I pray in the name of Jesus that unlike some of these people that did not make it in the promised land, you will make it all the way through in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Notice he says, mark these verses. Don't, don't, don't let it get away from you. First Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Peter, the apostle Peter says something similar. He says, Beloved, don't, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. <laughs> don't think it's strange. Like some strange thing is happening to you. No, 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 no. It's, 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 it's the, Solomon got to the place and said, there's nothing new under the sun. Everything that's happened before is the same thing. It's just cycles and the same human beings that come along. Don't think it's strange. Mark this verse. <laughs> Concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. But I like how these things are written. How God speaks. He tells you what not to do, then he tells you what to do. <laughs> but, verse 13, rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. For if you are reproached for the name of Christ, Blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. While you are going through whatever you are going through, thank God the Holy Spirit has not left you. The spirit of glory is upon you. <laughs> but let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief, an evildoer or as a busybody in other people's matters. Anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Let him glorify God in this matter. Don't think that some of the things that you are faced with is strange. No. <laughs> so like Jesus, no matter what the situation is, you can be thankful. As you begin to thank God, 
increase comes. The multiplication comes. He's working, he's working. Let patience, endurance, have it perfect way because the destination is that you will lack nothing. Did those people in the wo- in, 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 with Jesus lack anything? No, 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 no. Because Jesus knew what he would do <laughs> when he was confronted, when the situation came up. Knowledge of what to do. I pray all throughout next year in your life, in every situation, may you know what to do. <laughs> because the Bible says, the thanksgiving is the will of God in Christ Jesus for us. First Corinthians, First Thessalonians 5.18 In everything, give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything. Not just some things. In everything. Thank God. Because he's the one that's going to help you. He's the one that's going to take you out. He's the one that has a plan. And he's working behind the scenes on your behalf to bring you to the destination that he has promised. To bring you to that promised land where you do not lack anything. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Give thanks. Give thanks. Because he put that together with Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36. After you have done the will of God, then the promise comes. Hebrews 10 36. He says, Verse 35, therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive. It tells you what the will of God is. After you have done the will of God, you may receive. After you have done the will of God, you may receive. After you have done the will of God, you may receive. What is the will of God? We just read that thanksgiving is the will of God. You may receive. You want to receive from God? This is the key. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He's the reason you are alive. He's the reason you have made it thus far. And the same God who has kept you will continue keeping you. It's a great lesson to learn this morning. That the key to be consistent, content, and not complain or murmur or veer off. <laughs> Jesus passed the test. You will also pass the test. Don't, don't consider it strange. Checking what's in your heart. Would you love him? Would you serve him? Would you continue with him? You will not fail that test. Because when all is said and done, the Bible says that you will lack nothing. I pray in the name of Jesus, as we are ushering in another year, if you want, so somebody said, if you want to change, make a change. If you want to start a new life with God, invite Jesus into the mess. 
into the circumstance. Give him first place in every area of your life. Look to him no matter the season of life that you are in. Thank God. Keep walking with God. And sooner or later, everything will be all right. But if you do like some of these people, uh, they kept complaining and complaining at some point. God said, let's start, let's start walking. <laughs> they didn't make it. But in the name of Jesus, you will make it. In the name of Jesus, you will make it. In the name of Jesus, you will make it. It's not over till God says. It's, it's not over till God says it's over. And thank God, he will see us through. But it will all start from that place where we say, Lord, I may be hard-pressed, but I'm not crushed. I may be perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I may be persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. I'm not out yet. I'm still here. I'm still here. Next year, the upcoming year will be the best year of your life. As you cooperate with God, and as you start, it, as it becomes a new beginning, in the name of Jesus, I pray that by the grace of God, you will not fail this test. You will keep walking with God, looking to him, thanking him, being grateful. And as you do, everything will be all right. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk, so sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535. 